Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Spirit Room. Um, this is Melissa White, and I'm really looking forward to uh, the guest that I have for us today. Her name is Allie Levine, and she was born and raised in New York, but she's worked for some of the biggest names in the fashion industry. She relocated to L.A. and became a household name as a celebrity stylist. Um, she's recently appeared with her husband on Bravo's hit show, Stripped. She makes regular appearances on local and national television, uh, promoting herself as a brand, becoming um, an on-camera expert. So after the, the birth of her daughter, Amelia Ray, um, she transitioned to mompreneur and mommy influencer. And now she's um, actually got two little girls. So she's got her baby girl with her tonight as well. Um, and so she's she's belonging to sought-after mommy groups. And her fashion sense plus real-life day-to-day inspires many who follow her and cover her. So she's also the host of a podcast called Strip Down with Allie Levine, where she's really covering real, raw motherhood and everything in between. So it's such a treat. It's such a pleasure to have you. Thank you, Allie, for coming on. Thanks, Melissa, for having me. Yeah. And do you know, do you remember how we met? I Okay, so funny you know, because I was trying to do this in my own head, like with my baby brain and mommy brain. And I was like, how did I meet you? Was it when I was hosting my podcast with my good friend, Amanda Lauren for things we're too lazy to vlog about. And we had yeah. you as a guest. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think that must've been it. So I don't even know how that came about, but that was, um, yeah, that was the beginning of it. So I did a reading for you and for Amanda yes. and then we just kind of kept in touch since then. So it's been, yeah, it's been awesome. It's been quite a little journey. Yeah, that's right. It was from the podcast. And I think that I want to say we maybe heard you on another podcast and wanted to have you on our podcast that we had together and we had you do our readings and then you're on our show. And then when I got pregnant, you had sent me like a message um, again when I was pregnant, my first daughter, Amelia, and you had kind of given me um, some advice and some things you had seen that had, you know, and ended up coming <laughs> true after everything. And then we stayed in touch. And then I let you know, I was pregnant now with my baby girl, Arlie. And then same thing, you were kind of letting me know some things that were coming up with family and birth and all that. And um, yeah, and then I had you on my podcast recently, like you said, my new one stripped down that I host um, and everything. And so yeah, it's been really cool um, to stay connected together and kind of go in and out of each other's uh, lives in different ways and different journeys. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I would say, you know, for us, for um, our conversation for this evening, I really am I'm thinking we will focus on um, just finding out more about you. I'd like to kind of, um, you know, delve into what brought you here. So would you say um, that you always kind of knew that you would end up being um, in in fashion and television or what was kind of your, like, did you, did you expect that for yourself? I think I always knew fashion would have a huge part of my life because it was always a huge part of my heart from a super young age. Um, when I was like super little, like two, three years old, I would pick out like my outfits out of my like drawers. My mom said like she would crack up because I would pick out like the craziest colors and tie dyes and patterns and 
all kinds of stuff. My mom be like, what are you wearing today? This is what I want to wear. You know, and like, I, I already knew at a really young age and my grandmother, who my daughter Amelia is named after who um, is past now, um, you know, physically from this earth. Um, she was like my very best friend growing up and she inspired my fashion heavily. She always was super put well, like well-dressed, like just beautifully dressed in all of her, you know, designer clothing and her outfits and her jewels and her high heels and her fur coats and just everything like, you know, bright red lipstick and rouge and <coughs> just gorgeous, like always put together, always looked amazing. And I would always watch her get ready, like in the mirror and she would, you know, put a little bit of like blush and powder on me. And we'd always chat about fashion and everything. And she'd give me fashion magazines to look at, to see all the styles and the trends and where they came from. So I was inspired at a really young age to really be in fashion. And then, you know, we go shopping when I was young and she'd take me to all these places and, you know, of course, spoil me and try on all these outfits. And I would just fall in love with all the fashion and talk to all the, you know, different people that worked at those stores asking questions, you know, at a young age, like, oh, you know, why is this on, you know, the front of the um, store, you know, images and, you know, why this outfit? And I was so intrigued by fashion and clothing and fabrics. And I learned to sew from her and she got my first sewing machine and I learned how to crochet from her. And, you know, I did um, painting classes, you know, because of her and just so much of that inspiration, that creative side of me came from her and her mom um when she was young um drew for many many um kind of like unknown designers but that would end up in stores sketches and different like renderings and things um in design so I think it was just always in my blood and then I just like truly fell in love with it as far as the tv side to be honest I never really saw that for myself um other people did and other people would tell me you know, you shouldn't be behind the scenes. You have such a personality about you. <coughs> this and that and the whole thing. And I I don't know. I like, not that I didn't want to do it. It just didn't feel like something I was chasing or feeling like truly deep down was me. Um, mm-hmm. Now I love it and I couldn't imagine not doing it. I really miss it. Obviously now with everything going on with COVID, um, I'm doing a lot of online and virtual and it's great, but it's just not the same. Um, Mm -hmm. but it's funny how I really didn't see that for myself. And a lot of people did. I mean, even my own publicist, when I started working with her in styling, she was like, I don't know why you're behind the camera. You need to be on camera talking about these trends, talking about fashion, talking about this, talking about that. And I was like, what? No, I'm going to stay behind the scenes and dress my clients and make them look good. And she was like, that's fine. You can do that. But like, you should be on camera too. So I always laugh now when I like look at my career and I'm like, oh, (laughs) look what I transition to and my dad also like he um is the um like number one uh vendor to QVC and he's gone on television for them like for many many years and when I was young I did commercials for him with different products and he would always say like oh Al you're natural like you you know you should do you know tv work and this and that and you should do this with me in the business and I was just never interested I don't know if it was like a confidence thing or just because I was so wrapped in fashion. It might've been a little bit of both, but I just, that part of me, not until the last like five to seven years, I really find that for myself and really feel like, Ooh, this is what I want to do. Wow. Amazing. And, um, the grandma that you were talking about, she's the one that came through in your reading, wasn't she? Yes, she was. I was going to say, I don't know if you remember, if you remembered or not. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And even as you're speaking about her, I can feel her. And it's just this immense pride over you. Um, it's probably getting all emotional. I get like, I was talking and I'm like talking about her and I was coughing and getting emotional and tear at the same time. And I'm like, what is my problem right now? <laughs> no, it's, you could feel her. And I mean, you are, you are super open, super sensitive, super intuitive. So um, that bond and that connection is so strong. And I feel also with um, Amelia, with your daughter, I mean, because she has, she's her namesake, um, there's this special bond. So I can kind of, even sometimes when I see pictures of Amelia um, on your social media, I'm like, oh, she's got that same kind of love for like beautifying things. I think she's going to be very similar to you and your grandmother as well. Oh, I love to hear that. So cute. Um, so what would you say, um, right now is your um, greatest challenge being a you know a mom of two with a you know baby at home and with your work and being empathic and like juggling everything that's going on like what what is the the most challenging part do you think I think the most challenging part is never enough time in a day in the day um (coughs) not like not in the sense of we all never have enough time, but more in the sense of like really having to find tiny pockets of windows and just you and and just be grateful for those pockets to get certain things done and like really surrender to the fact that like it's just not going to be as productive as I'd like to be. And I'm a very productive person and that's really, really hard for me. And I've had to really check in with myself and say, like, it's okay. I'm not going to be as productive right now, but I'm raising my girls. And obviously that's the number one job, you know, in my world (coughs) and not just my world, but to raise two, you know, beautiful humans for the world that we're in. And so I take that job very seriously and I have to remind myself, even though I'm not working on my career as much as I'd like to be, I'm still doing it. I'm still making things happen. It's just not maybe at the pace right now that I would like things to be happening and it doesn't feel as productive as it once felt. Right. I felt that with both after having both my children, um, that it was like I was so used to being able to be in control of my time. Um, and then all of a sudden it was like, whoa, like I have no control. Like this is literally like you're at the sort of, um, mercy of this, you know, little baby. And so it does force you to slow down. And I think there's something so beautiful in that. And really it is a spiritual awakening, um, having a baby, of course. And, you know, could you speak a little bit more to that? Like, how has that been for you? Like having both your girls, what, you know, do you, what do you feel like you, how do you feel like you've evolved? I think that with both births, I probably, <coughs> I probably feel like, um, with Amelia, it was like so shocking. And, um, you know, for those that don't know, I went through pretty heavy postpartum depression, with my first daughter and I had a very dramatic birth and I feel like that was um the first like after I got through my postpartum depression that was the first like awakening for me and being like wow I'm not the person I once was I'm never going to be her again I'm going to be someone else and that was hard for me to navigate (laughs) and swallow but now like looking back and now after having Arlie and having a beautiful um, you know, VBAC, vaginal birth after C-section and having a more, um, 
less, you know, traumatic situation and a much, much more gentle and healing birth um, with my second, I'm able to really look back and see like, not only did I evolve with both girls, but like, yes, it changed me, but it changed me for the better. And even though in the beginning, it didn't feel that way. And I felt like, oh my God, what the hell did I do? Now yeah. I look at it and I'm like, oh my gosh, this was the best thing I could have ever done. Not only for myself and my family, my husband, but like truly for my soul and for my own awakening. And I do believe like I have evolved so much and I continue to every day because these girls teach me how to be like a better human every day. Yeah, no, it's so true. They're such amazing healers and such amazing teachers to us. Um, how did you, do you, how would you describe the postpartum? Like, how did you know that you were going through it? To be honest, um, I didn't really know I was going through it. (laughs) Everyone talks about, you know, baby blues and, you know, you'll feel this and you'll feel that, you know, and I was breastfeeding, obviously, like I'm breastfeeding now. Um, and so, you know, your hormones are off and everything's crazy. So I didn't think in my mind that like there was anything wrong with what I was going through. I just figured it was normal and not the postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety and all that isn't normal because it totally is. And so many moms go through it, but I just didn't expect to. And like, nobody had really talked to me about it. So for me, I think I just thought like, oh, I'm just not happy. And I'm not happy with me. I was super happy with Amelia. Like Mm. for me, that was the mind fuck. Like it was like, okay, I'm obsessed with her and I love being her mom. Yeah. And I have no interest in being Allie anymore. And I don't want to look at myself in the mirror. And I'm having a really hard time with my own identity. And like, what is this? And so I think that that was like, really, for me, like, I didn't see that as postpartum. I just saw that as like, oh, well, I'm just not gonna be Allie anymore. I'm just gonna be a mom. And that's what it is. And nothing does nothing wrong with that. But to me, because I had been such a productive person and been so heavy in my career and entrepreneur, It was weird for me to kind of like be experiencing that. And so I think like once I started kind of spiraling out of control in the sense of like my thoughts and um, the conversations I would have with close friends and family and my husband and then people started saying to me like, you know, that's not maybe the best thing to say or you shouldn't really feel that way or, um, you know, things of that nature. Like, Like when I told my husband when I was in bed with him one night, and I turned to him and I said, I just feel like I'm mourning the death of me. And he just kind of looked at me like, whoa, that's heavy. And I was like, well, that's just how I feel. But to me, it didn't feel heavy. It just felt like, I don't know, I get very overwhelming, like choked up because it didn't feel heavy to me. I didn't feel like I was so out of control. I just felt like this is a new chapter. This is me as a mom and that's it. And I didn't realize that I was like having such a hard time and that it was so hard for me. And so, and I was like, you know, wanting to be prideful, wanting to not like feel like, oh my God, I can't get it together. I'm a new mom. Like what's wrong with me? I just had so much around me that I felt like I couldn't express what was feeling. So I really didn't know. So thank God for the people around me, like my husband and my best friend and other people, my mother-in-law who started to really see that I wasn't myself and I needed to get help. And so um, luckily my midwife that I had had with Amelia um, had a really good postpartum um, contact and I reached out to my postpartum specialist and she diagnosed me right away. And she said, you know, you have pretty heavy to severe postpartum depression. 
you know, this is what we're going to do. And, um, I didn't want to go on medication because just, I'm a very natural person and I didn't want to be on it, you know, and by all means for those who are listening, like anyone, whatever you need to get by is what you need to get by. But for me, I just didn't want it. I wanted to try to do things naturally. And so, um, I started, you know, learning cognitive thinking and visualization in therapy and just really talking my thoughts out and navigating all that. And honestly, I think too most in that time, I think from doing the work and, <coughs> and sharing <clears throat> like with that person, um, so much of my heart and so much that I was struggling with just in general, like not dealing with my grandmother's um, death and com- and really coming to terms with it and really grieving it um, was really below the surface that I really didn't know. Um, and, you know, just the birth and feeling so out of control and having so much trauma and feeling like I couldn't control anything that was happening. Um, all of that, I think that I kind of had a spiritual awakening during the therapy as well and all the visualizations and things that we were doing and meditations because I let myself open up and I let myself like shed more layers, which I hadn't done before, really had never done. And now I feel like I'm at a place where I can't, like I, I can't turn it off. Like I just keep shedding layers. And it's like some people are very uncomfortable about it. And I'm like, well, sorry, I, this is now who I am. Like I, I, I don't know how to do anything but this because this is healthy for me. And this is how I feel. This is how I connect with my spirit. This is how I connect with everything going on. Like, and this is what makes me feel good. But back then, I didn't know how to do that. I didn't want to do that. And so I think that from going through that and putting in the work, I was able to get to, you know, a place, thank God, where I could see the light again. And it was no longer that darkness. But for me, it was it was very dark for the first year. I mean, I didn't really feel like myself until around Amelia turned one. And even then, it was like, I was just starting to find my confidence. And I was just starting to feel like, holy crap, I survived her at being a year old, like, I'm okay. Yeah. Well, it is. It is. I think for for most people, giving birth and having a child, especially the first child, is such an awakening. And it depends on you know to what extent um, that you're kind of willing to be sort of cracked open. But I think for you, it was just yeah, it was a big awakening. And this process of really doing the work, like you were saying, that's what brought you to this place of peace, you know? So I would imagine that, um, it's been a different, it's been a different experience with Arlie. Yes. Very different. And I think that like you saying that, I think especially as a new mom, like you said, and your first baby, you have no idea what to expect. You have no idea what's like actually going to happen and what's not going to happen for me. Obviously I wanted to be so in control of my birth and my story and everything that was happening. And obviously the universe (laughs) and my daughter had totally different plans. Um, I remember you actually telling me when you had found out I was pregnant with Amelia. I remember you first telling me when I was pregnant, I was having a girl before I knew it was a girl. And then I remember that after all that, and I was talking to you about what I was doing and wanting water birth and natural. And I just remember you saying to me, like, don't always paint this perfect picture because especially when we walk into like motherhood, it's very unknown. And I remember you saying that to me, but I remember like thinking in my mind, like, well, yeah, I get that. Like, of course, we're not going to know because you're a mom, but it didn't really like hit the depths of me to understand like what you were trying to say was obviously like, don't bank on like your birth plan because you just, you just don't know like what's going to happen. Obviously for you spiritually, I'm sure you knew to a point things weren't necessarily going to go exactly the way 
I truly envision them to go. And I think that was a huge learning lesson for me because <clears throat> not only did it take me into motherhood, but it also obviously with my postpartum depression, it also just showed me that like so much of what like I thought was this like perfect picture and what I painted for myself of what it was going to be like, it was nothing like that. And maybe if I hadn't painted that picture, maybe I wouldn't have had such a hard time coping with everything and dealing with everything and just allowing myself to go through it versus fighting it and forcing it, you know, up until when I was, you know, really like had my, you know, natural body going through hell and being like, no, but I want to keep going. I want to keep going. You know, when I wound up in a C-section, you know, at 42 hours and, you know, thank God everything was fine, but it was just like, I put myself there. And so I think that then fast forward to Arlie, you know, I was very aware of what could happen. I was very aware that there was a reality of a C-section. I think the difference was, and I told you this when I started, you know, found out I was having another child, I really wanted to be back. I felt like it would be really healing for me. And I truly started manifesting it. But like you even said to me as advice, like besides manifesting it and trying to create this place, like also think about like things that you can do to actually help yourself. And so once I started to kind of really think about that, I started thinking about like, okay, let me find a doula who like actually has supported moms who have had, you know, VBACs and let me find out what else you need and, you know, talk to my birth community. And I started finding out like chiropractic is really helpful and acupuncture and, you know, started like actually finding things physically to do with my body to potentially put myself in a position where, you know, I would be able to do that. And so I think from putting myself in the position of really manifesting it from day one and working on it. And then also extremely putting myself in like, I'm going to have chiropractor, you know, chiropractor once a week, work on my hips and work on my body. I'm going to do this. I'm going to meditate on it. I'm going to write my journal. Like I'm going to do all the things I can around it, but I'm also going to know that like, you know, there is reality and like, I can't control it. And I think this time around, I was more accepting of the fact that I had a birth strategy. <clears throat> I knew how things wanted to go but I wasn't married to the plan. And even to like, you know, your point of like how, you know, it's just still so unexpected at the end, when I got to almost 42 weeks and Arlie still hadn't come and I was like, really lose my mind. I remember you've been telling me, you were like, listen, you got to like, let go, stop trying to like control. And I was like, well, I'm not. And you're like, you're not controlling, but you're not letting yourself just go. Like you're not letting your body just be. And it was funny because you and my, my really good friend, Kevin Sexton, who is an energy healer and very intuitive. Like he also said to me, like, she's ready. It's you who's not ready. Like you're not releasing her. You're not allowing things to happen. And I didn't realize again, I, I was back in that place of like the universe testing me of like, are you really going to allow like others to control or is it going to be you trying to control again? And it literally came up to like, the weekend before they wanted to induce me where Justin and I went on a walk with Amelia and I was so upset and I was so frustrated. And I said to him, like, I really don't want another C-section. I really want to have this vaginal birth. I can't believe I'm about to get induced. Like, this is so upsetting. I did everything I was supposed to. And he just looked at me and he goes, okay, like, let's talk about this. Like, what's the worst thing that like could happen? And I was like, well, I could have another C-section. And he was like, okay, but like, you would still have our daughter. We would still come home be a family of four. Like, what is really the worst thing? And when he put it like that to me, I was able to like release the fear of the C-section and release the fear of like not being in control of like potentially how things would go for my birth. And it was, I swear, it was no coincidence that like that night we came home, we had a dance party. I had a little bit of wine, you know, we had with Amelia like late that night. I got in bed. He did a little bit of acupuncture on me. 
And I put on my essential oil diffuser. I listened to meditation music in my ears. And at 2.30 a.m., I went into labor. Wow. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's how it is in life. You know, so many clients that I work with are like, the, you know, they're striving for something. You know, they're really trying to make something happen in their life, whether it's a relationship or job or whatever it is that they're really seeking. And it's true. The minute you actually surrender and you're okay with like whatever the outcome is, all of a sudden that outcome can actually come to you. Like you can actually reach what you're looking for, but you have to get to this place of total surrender. And I think that's what you were able to do, you know, but I remember like texting you being like, um, not wanting to be like, is she here yet? Because I'm sure everyone was texting you that, but I was just like, oh my gosh, like I felt your anticipation. Like you were just so like, you just wanted her here. And it was such a, yeah, that was a long wait for you. It was, I mean, she came right for two weeks. I mean, it was crazy because you know, that whole, I remember you texting me, <laughs> that's hardly, I was like, oh, hi, hi. we're talking about you. Um, <laughs> um, you know, it was like so crazy because I remember you texting me and I appreciated you not saying, hey, is she here yet? Because everybody and their mother was saying that. And I literally, so just oh my God, so annoying. And I was like, I'm not answering anybody's text message. I even <laughs> like, stop, text, stop texting me, stop calling me. Like when she's here, I'll call you. Like you're all annoying me, you know? And I know it's out of love, but it was just like too much, too much. Like, you know, it's just like, stop. And so, you know, but I remember you texting me and being like, I just want to check in because I can really feel your energy and like, you're really wanting her to be here. And it was funny. Any of my spiritual friends around me were like, you know, I'm really like, I I'm, I'm hearing you like, like you want her here, but you're like kind of holding on too at the same time. And it was interesting. My really good friend, Kevin said to me, um, when I told him like, ah, oh, frick it, I'm getting so frustrated. They want to induce me. Like maybe I'll just like freaking, you know, do a self-induction at home. So I don't have to get induced to the hospital and then I'll just go in. And he was like, okay. He's like, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I'm just going to tell you that, you know, two years ago you went through the same idea in your mind because you couldn't control and you were getting upset and look where it went, where you wound up. He goes, so all I'm going to say is that, like, I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm not going to tell you. He was, but I'm just saying that. And it was like that. And then what you had said to me, it was very like eye opening to being like, okay, here I am again, trying to control, trying to predict what's going to happen, trying to like actually put my, you know, foot on like the pedal, so to say of like making it happen where she's going to choose like really what she wants to do and how things are going to go and my body along with it and my energy as well. And also mm-hmm. the fact if I'm not relax and not like just going with it of course things are going to be like you know a little bit crazy that they were with Amelia and so I think when I finally surrendered and realized like okay you know what just it is what it is I have the weekend to go into labor and if I don't you know by that Monday I'm you know I'm going to be induced and it was really funny when I actually went into labor first off I remember I didn't believe it because like it was like wait am I really because for three (laughs) you know like for three weeks I had told you I was having like for drama labor and I was signs of it and my doctor even was like oh my gosh you keep having contractions and they're not going and you know I was like oh my gosh like what is going on and so you know when I actually went into labor I remember calling my doula and I was in the bathtub and I was naturally you know laboring and everything and she's like talking to me and she's like okay I'm gonna count the contractions and you know they went really fast I went from like 11 minutes apart within an hour to like six minutes apart I mean it was like boom yeah it was so fast and it was so like not what I expected, but it was so beautiful because it was so calm, even though it was so insane, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then when we left to like go to the hospital and everything, like when I called my doctor, he was so funny. He didn't even believe I was in labor. He's like, are you really this time? I was like, no, I really am. You know, it was like, 
you know, and then he met me at Cedars and, you know, when he got there, he's like, oh my gosh, yeah, you are in labor. And then I went, you know, so fast as far as like going through the, you know, contractions and coming to complete. And once again, at the end, when I was almost like there and I was already like at pushing and I had gotten to a 10 and I was basically like at, you know, destination station. And he said, okay, you know, you're at the last like station. She's not coming for a reason. Like I'm going to have you do some more pushing and like, let's see what we can do. And I remember in that moment, like trying to control because I was so frustrated that like, you're going to, you're kidding me. Like I finally got all the way to here and now like she's not coming to like, what the hell? Like I was so upset. And I remember my mind in that moment, like for a second, getting really pissed and like kind of doing this like, you know, fight or flight mode in my mind. And then I don't know what it was, my angels, my guides, you know, spiritually myself being awakened. I felt this other part of me, like I remember just kind of feeling this out of body experience and I really felt like no, I need to put meditation music in my ear. I need to calm the F down. And like, I need to just like go with it. And thank God my doula too. It was very, is very, very spiritually inclined. Like Stacey is amazing. And she's so in touch and everything. And so she was on FaceTime for 13 hours with me. Oh um, my gosh. That's amazing. 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 Like being a virtual doula, like she was insanely amazing. And she, you know, and she said like, okay, we can do this you will still have your V back. Like you need to breathe. Like let's, let's, let's work through this, you know? And I, you know, put it in my ears and I really got in my zone and I just started like really focusing and pushing and just really envisioning her. And then I got her further down and I said, okay, she's still a little bit not there, but we're closer. We're going to have you, you know, get back in, you know, bed. Cause I had been up like moving like crazy and get back in bed you know, and we're going to try to have a vacuum assist essentially. And you're going to have to push like literally with all your might. And then hopefully we can get her out. And I was like, okay. And he's like, but if not, we're going to have to go to C-section. And I just remember like my mind being like, oh my God, you know, no, 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 no. Like I really, really want this. Like I, I have to just let my body go with this. I know my body can do this. And I think once I said that to myself and I put fear releasing, um, you know, meditation in my ears, I told Justin, I said, please take a picture, you know, down there so I can see. And he looked at me and he goes, oh, you don't want to see. And I'm like, yes, I do. I need to see something. I need to see like that I'm really visualizing this is happening. And so he did. And the minute I could see her and I could see that it was like happening, that was it. It was like, push with all your freaking might. I shut my eyes again. I felt like this, like, I felt like I really saw this like white gold light. I felt like I really felt my grandmother there and I just pushed. And within not even a minute, I heard her you know, crying and she was on my chest and I was in absolute disbelief. I couldn't believe that she was there. Wow. That's an amazing feeling. Like there's absolutely nothing else like it. And yeah, I mean, I'm so happy for you that you got to have that experience. Um, with me, my, with my first with Jackson, uh, I was induced um, two weeks early wow. because at the time he was uh, well, he was born at eight pounds, four ounces, but two weeks early. So had he been like full term or late, like he would have been a gigantic baby. So um, they were, my doctor was a bit concerned about the size. So um, they induced me and I do not recommend it. Like, I'm so glad that you didn't get induced because for me, uh, very painful. Um, and it just was something that I felt like oh, that it was. It just wasn't. It's almost like your body being completely out of sync with yourself. Like you're kind of like it. To me, it just it it wasn't. Um, it wasn't what I had envisioned either. You know, it wasn't what I expected. Yeah. Um, but you know, and then um, with Jackson, 
it was so close to a C-section, like so close. And they ended up in the end using the vacuum and the forceps and all that stuff. Um, I didn't realize how, like, how emergency it kind of was at that point um, that he got out, but he ended up with, um, he dislocated his shoulder. Like, oh, yeah. So he couldn't lift up his little arm for like the first week. So that was like really sad, but um, no, but he can't and he was, you know, beautiful and healthy and all of that. But yeah, that feeling of like that, oh, just the first moment where you get to actually hold them is absolutely priceless. It really is. And it's so beautiful. And obviously all birth is beautiful. But for me, because I think my birth, you know, with Amelia was so um, intense and so just, I don't know, like just, it was just so much. I felt like I needed to have a more healing birth and I needed to, um, you know, I just needed to have something that was just to me felt more spiritually healing. And in my mind, like when I started thinking about like, what is that in my mind, it was, I want to know that my body can absolutely do this. I can absolutely do this in my mind and in my body and in my spirit and I can push her out. And that's for me, like that was where I was. And and I think that when I finally came to that, you know, moment when it was time to really have the universe test me and say, we're this close to a C-section. I think when I switched into that really in the body and in the, you know, spirit, like you said, and that awakening versus like, I have to control this, this has to go my way. I think that's why I ended up with the birth I did. I think so too. Um, it's an amazing amount of um, like soul work, energy work to get yourself to that point, right? Of being able to release, you know, release fear and release the need to force or try to control, like you said. Um, so that's amazing, you know, like life soul lesson in itself. Um, and I think too, once you're able to do that, then when you're faced with challenges in life, you can also take that same approach instead of like pushing and striving and forcing, you can kind of just sit back and go, okay, I'm going to allow, um, whatever's going to happen to happen here. So it's not like you don't take part or you don't take responsibility, but you're not pushing, you know, so it's a different kind of energy. Yeah, no, that's so true. Did you find also, um, did you have anxiety after um, the girls or, or like one or the other? With Amelia, I had anxiety for sure. With Arlie, honestly, um, not really. I've had moments where I feel like it's, um, you know, been hard, obviously, and it's been difficult to transition one to two. Um, but overall, I think because... I have an idea of what this is and I kind of know what to expect. Obviously I know every child is different and it's still going to be crazy, but I just think the fact that like today, perfect example, like I said to you, like she's been nursing all day and has been cluster feeding and it's been exhausting. Like right now she's nursing right now and it's just been nonstop. And I think that when that happened with Amelia, I remember like crying and screaming and handing her over to Justin and being like, please take her for two freaking seconds before I lose my damn mind, you know? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. with Arlie, it's just like, yeah, of course I still need a break. I hand her off when I really need to, but like I more embraced it today. As much as I was exhausted, I was like, she is having a growth spurt. I know this is normal. I know that like, she's just needing this. So like, let me just kind of like lay here and enjoy the snuggles and just be tired and lazy today and it's fine. And I think that's the difference again is like the mindset of like, this is going to pass. This is normal versus, oh my God, what is this? 
Why won't she get off of me? And like, why can't I have two seconds to freaking pee? You know what I mean? I think it's just, again, like you were saying, it's like that energy shift that like, you know, that mind and body shift of like trying to control what's happening versus just going with the flow. I knew today I needed to get things done, but I also knew it was going to be pretty much impossible. So I just didn't honestly even bother. I did the minimal amount of stuff I could do on my phone and that was it. And, you know, and then obviously squeezing a podcast with you tonight, you know, (laughs) I mean, it's just, I, I've been going with the flow way more with the two girls than I ever did with Amelia in the first two years of her life. And so I think that that alone has just taught me so much and has um, allowed me to continue to do the work on myself to say, like, I don't always have to be productive. And it's not that I'm not productive, but in my mind, I'm not productive. Right. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, it becomes like everything that's important to you, I think becomes very, very clear um, when you've got a baby or, you know, got children and it's like, uh, yeah, it, it's a different, it's a different season of life. Um, so you kind of learn to kind of, yeah, like go with that, go with that flow. I find, yeah, the, for me, I had postpartum anxiety, both with both after both of my children. And, um, the biggest thing that helped me, especially like with Avery, it was different. Cause like, same as you, I'd, I'd been through it. So I kind of had an idea, okay, this will pass eventually. Um, but I, I remember just like the, what would help me was just like being able to sit and take a deep breath and actually just like connect in the moment to like her, you know, so just kind of like be there, be present in the moment and just like allow myself that luxury of not being constantly in my head. Um, so yeah, meditation, um, is a huge, huge help for that. So any new moms that are listening, like I would say definitely like sneak it in when you can listen to the meditation music. Like even if you're just like, thing, like put it in your ears. There are so many times late nights where I'm exhausted and it's two in the morning and I'm feeding her and I'm like half awake and I'm like, you know what? And I put meditation in my ears and it just calms me and then it calms her and mm-hmm. it's like, if you think about it, like how you're saying everything is energy and there's so much of that energy that's around, it's like they need a good energy from us. They need not only the best version of us, but they need the most calm us. So it's like, I think that's another thing too. I think about how strong, how strong I was with Amelia. I was so high strung because I was, I'm such a high strung person and I was so like, I have to do everything and I have to make sure I do this for my business. And I'd make sure that she's this and I'd make sure this and, this and I have to show up to this red carpet with her and I have to do this and I have to do that. Da, da, da. And it was like, holy crap. Like I was trying to be this super mom. that just didn't freaking exist. And I didn't realize it in my own mind. And I put myself, you know, in this spiral, like out of control. And then fast forward to Arlie. And like, obviously we're in a different time right now with, you know, COVID and everything and quarantine, but I just have allowed so much more of that surrender, like you were saying, and I've allowed so much more of that peace and solace to enjoy this time and to tell myself, like, it is going to go so quickly and it is going to change. And I do still have my moments, obviously, where I get upset or I get super frustrated, but I just have to check back in and be like, okay, today is overwhelming. So what am I going to do? I'm going to meditate or I'm going to journal or I'm going to pull a card or, you know, whatever it may be that helps me to get by and just know that like, that's just that one time versus making everything so much bigger than it was with Amelia. It was like any little thing that happened. I just let it continue to pile, 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 pile up 
until it became this massive mountain that I just couldn't walk. I couldn't, I couldn't get over anymore. Yeah. That overwhelming Mm -hmm. feeling, you know, and I think too, sometimes when um, people do find themselves in sort of like a, a low place or, you know, a dark place, part of the fear of it is just that it's going to always be there, that it'll last forever. You know, the, the part of the, the hard difficulty is like, Oh God, is this what life is like now? Like, am I just always going to feel the weight of this? Um, yeah, so it helps. It's, it's, it's 11, 11. I'm like, Oh, I just got chills. <laughs> uh, angels with us. And, you know, I think it's so important. And I, I love that you're, you know, sharing your um, motherhood experience with people and the, the people that follow you and your work, because there, there is still, I mean, still, even now, like there is stigma around it at times. I think especially for moms, we feel guilty if we ever like struggle with anything, you know, we expect ourselves to be like, um, amazing in, you know, amazing as mothers and amazing in our work and amazing partners and like, you know, do, 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 do and achieve and and all of this stuff. And we rarely, I think, are able to just be super open and and honest about like the fact that it's not 24 seven rainbows and sunshine. Like sometimes like, it's really hard. And I think just to know that and that there's other people that have felt that, you know, I, I think that's really helpful to to just have some comfort and that you're not alone in it and that it does pass and it's completely possible to go through the darkness and come out on the other side in like such a beautiful way. And I think that's what you've been. I I love that you said that because I think you're right. Like there's so much, there's so much shame and guilt, especially obviously with social media, Yes, (laughs) social media and just everything. Like even in like freaking magazines, like, you know, the mom that, you know, like she had a baby and two weeks later, she's, boom, you know, on a cover, you know, she's a celeb and she looks amazing and she's expected to look amazing and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, hello, it took nine months to grow a freaking baby. God knows how long it actually took you to get pregnant. Obviously everyone's different. And then you create this life and then you're supposed to just boom, come right back to society. And it's like, I just nourished this baby for nine months to grow inside of me. And then took every part of me to birth this baby. However, I had this baby and my ba- my body basically went through a car wreck and survived. And now I'm trying to survive myself while raising this baby and keeping them alive and doing everything. And it's like, oh, but on top of that, I'm supposed to do everything else. And I'm supposed to just feel like amazing and smile all the time and be so happy and this and that. And it's like, but that's just not reality. That's just not real life. And I think that you have to really be aware as you become a mom of like your boundaries and what you allow in, whether it be people, energies, things you read, social media, like whatever it is that you're tuned into or is in front of you, you have to be really be aware of and you have to really protect your space and your safe haven and really understand that like you are so vulnerable as a mom because of our hormones, obviously, but then also the fact that you're so brand new to this role that is the most important job in the world and the freaking hardest for all of us. And that some people may look like they're killing it. Let me tell you something. They're dying behind the scenes. We all are like, that's just what it is. Like that's what, that's what motherhood is. Like that's why they chose moms to have children. Like we're, we're, you know, like we just, we can handle it even though there's days where we feel like, we can't and we're not going to survive and it's so hard. And I think that for me, like I've had to really check into that and like 
not shame myself and not judge myself and really give myself so much grace, unfollow things that make me not feel good. You know, don't listen to certain things. Don't look at certain things. You know, don't compare. Like by all means, oh my God, just don't compare. Don't compare. No. I saw a quote I posted on my Instagram, my stories the other day that said, don't you dare compare your beautiful life to someone's controlled content. And it's mm-hmm. so true. It's like what we see as out there, even me, I'm guilty of this. Like as much as I try to be as real and raw as possible, mm-hmm. I still have to have like a pretty feed as far as like picture and, and, you know, presets and this and that. And so it's like very rarely do I post every now and again, I do, but very rarely do I post something. It's just completely raw because it's just, it's just not what social media is. It's becoming more of that, but mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's just not what it is. So it's like, don't compare yourself and where you are in your journey to any other mother's journey, because we're all in our own shit in different ways. And we're all sitting in it and we're all uncomfortable and we're all learning and evolving and growing in so many different facets. And I think it's like when you really tune into that and you really tune into yourself. And for me, I've had to really tune into Allie and say like, what makes me happy and what makes me feel good and like what actually throws me off and what really disturbs me and really fine tuning those things for myself. That's what's really helped me to manage things, you know, from Amelia with my postpartum depression to now having my two girls and being really aware of it and like being not only mindful and aware, but like being heartful, like really being about myself and like not feeling selfish for that. Like really knowing that I have to protect myself and protect my boundaries and protect my safe haven and my, my, my own mental health and my girls, my family and everything. And I think that the more I do that and the more I check into that, the more I'm able to control in that sense, what is around me and um, what, you know, feel, you know, like what feels good. And someone recently said to me when I was doing breath work with them, that your external world doesn't have to match your internal. And that really struck with me because I thought, wow, the world is really so heavy right now. Everyone is really having a hard time. The news is obviously exhausting, which I haven't watched in months. And I think that as much as the world is a little bit of a shit show right now, it's like you don't have to let that external come into your internal. I know, of course, it's a part of it and we're going to at times, but especially for me right now as a new mom, I'm really learning to lean into that pause. And I'm learning to be like, you know what? I would never have this much help with having Justin home, working from home with two girls. I remember after having Amelia, when he went to work, I sobbed my freaking eyes out. Like I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm alone with this little baby. Like, are you out of your freaking mind? Like I'm home by myself, taking care of her. Like all day long. I remember like, like watching outside, like from going daylight to night and just like, as soon as it would get dark, start crying. Like, Oh my God, he's going to be home soon. He's gonna be home soon. Like it was just like this horrible feeling. And of course that was part of my postpartum depression, but it was just so hard. And I think now, like I'm so lucky and blessed that like Arlie decided to come at this time and in such a crazy time, but at the same time, such a beautiful time to just spend time together as a family of four to have these like amazing memories and bonding that we would have never had to have help from my husband to really bond is like just us this time around when we had Arlie and come home as a family of you know four and just us and not have our family around as much as we miss them being on our own like really taught us and strengthened us as a family you know and everything and so I just think like there is so much beauty and blessing in this time of pausing 
um, as much as there is still, of course, so much heaviness. And I think that really what's helped me and has really helped me with meditating too is meditating on that, leaning in on that and knowing that like I have that and that that is a gift. Yeah. I mean, we'll, you, you'll never have this. I don't think we'll ever have this time again um, of, you know, that togetherness, you know, it's, it's just a unique experience. So yeah, it's, it's definitely the way that you look at it. Right. So I think that's why you're able to thrive is because you're looking at it that way. Right. And I agree. You have to be discerning with your energy. Um, you have to be sort of, um, yeah, able to be conscious and aware of what is worth your energy and what isn't. And it becomes more and more clear when you, I think when you become a mother, it's like everything else could be falling apart, but as long as your kids are good, you know, like that's, that's like, it's true. That's that's your North star. Like everything else could be a shit show, but like, as long as they're okay, you're like, I'm okay because they're okay. And that's like myself. Like anytime something doesn't, you know, go right or something falls through. Like I haven't been working like at all. Like I've had like little projects, but nothing like I normally do. And every time something falls through and I like normally back with Amelia, I would have gotten so upset and I've like totally beat myself up. Like now I'm like, my girls are healthy. We're all healthy and happy and home. Like that's all I can ask for. Like we're, we're in a good place. We're all together. We're making great memories and like, that's it. And we're, and we're for the most part, staying sane. I mean, today was a day, but you know, overall, yes. overall we're staying sane, you know? So I, I agree with you. I think it's, um, it's important to, to really realize in that togetherness. And, and I think I'm going to have to remind myself of that when the world really does pick back up and things are super busy, like remind myself how much I appreciated and love this time of pause and how I can kind of recreate that in some ways, you know, for myself and my family, because it's obviously very important. And I feel in my own um, body and spirit and everything, everything I've been meditating on, I feel like my higher self has been telling me like, this is what the entire world has needed, but this is really what Allie has needed. Like, I feel like I was with my postpartum depression, I feel like I was kind of forced into that pause. And I was forced to go through that to understand what that was. And that was motherhood and pausing and and releasing control and surrendering but now like I feel like there's no coincidence and now my second daughter I had her in this time it's like this continued lesson that I guess I'm supposed to learn that like I just never learned so I'm trying now to like really learn it and like honor it and and work through it yeah and I mean I think that it's continual it is you know so there'll be you know there'll always be these uh, the next one and the next lesson um but yeah it's sort of following these little breadcrumbs you know we get these little insights we get these inspirations we kind of get that breakthrough where we feel like okay my higher self is really communicating with me I'm receiving this and then you put it into you know into practice and you integrate it into your life and then it's like okay here comes the next one you know so it's a continuous journey um but I think it's it's refreshing um to have someone you know that you're in the media and yet you also have that spiritual part of you that is so so strong um and I think that's really why you've been so successful and why people do find themselves attracted to you and working with you is because you're sincerely your energy is really um, it's really you, you know, you're, you're, there's not a falseness or a fakeness. There's a real sense of um, sincerity and a real sense of love, you know, so you can, it translates into the way that you, you know, you, you work with people. So yeah, I think that you're on this amazing 
um, journey. You know, it's a spiritual journey. And um, yeah, just so blessed to, to have had the chance to chat with you this evening and for you to share um, about your life so candidly. I think that's amazing. And just, yeah, wishing you so much love as you kind of continue on with your girls. And I can't wait to see, you know, what comes next for you guys. Thank you so much, Melissa. I'm, that means so much to me. And, you know, especially because I've known you for quite some time now and you've seen so much of my journey and, you know, you saying that about me and seeing me with, of, of evolving and also about you saying my truth. It means a lot to me because I feel like a huge part of my spiritual awakening and a huge part of me as Ali and everything, I've really gotten that message in my meditations is like, really be true to you. Don't, like shelter who you are anymore don't shut down things because it makes others uncomfortable even if it means your closest loved ones like just be you and I finally feel like I'm aligning with that and it feels so good and so healing so hearing you say that is just like brings tears to my eyes Ah, well, it's the truth. And I think that, um, you know, you're inspiring a lot of people. So just to continue on, and I think down the road, I think that we need to meet, we need to somehow um, make that happen. I would, are you kidding? I would love to. Yes. When the world calms down a little bit, I would love to meet everything. Yes. And I want to do like, I definitely want to figure out some kind of spiritual work with you because I know that you've been telling me for quite some time that you think I also have some of these gifts and you shared that on my show as well. And I'd love to uh, tap more into that. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely do that. Well, how can everyone find you? So they can find me um, on, you know, social media, of course, at Allie Levine Design, just A-L-I-L-E-V-I-N-E Design. My website's AllieLevine.com. I blog there. I share all my different press there and media. Um, brands I work with, my podcast stripped down with Ali Levine. Um, I'm actually rebranding, so you'll hear a lot about that uh, soon, but you can find my podcast uh, there. Um, any of my TV segments in a normal world, <laughs> you can see on national and local um, TV, and I always share those links um, so people can watch those segments and check out my hacks and tips. Um, if you want to be styled by me, you can either go to AliLevineStyling.com or you can just DM me um, on Instagram at AliLevineDesign. I am doing remote consultations right now um, during COVID and still helping people um, style and look great and feel uh, good about themselves. Um, I think confidence is so important, especially right now. Um, and yeah, really just anywhere you find AliLevineDesign, you know, you'll find me and I love to connect with others. My social media is truly my community and I really love it and I'm very grateful for it. So, you know, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, um, I'm most, I would say, um, available on Instagram, but I do go on all my platforms. So feel free to message me and say hello and tell me you heard me on Melissa's amazing podcast and definitely check out my podcast where I had Melissa as a guest because our episode is so wonderful. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much. And thank you, Arlie. She was amazing. And she's um, yeah, here the whole time listening to you. I think she's by your energy. <laughs> she's so sweet. And yeah, say hello to Amelia for me too. And uh, yeah, until next time.